Well, the Red Sox and Orioles are playing a Little League game right now, but the big leagues are showing just how unpredictable the trade deadline can be. The Yankees were once mighty, and now they're not so much. And one of the most shocking trades that looked like it was going to fortify a team into a legitimate pennant contender has been the definition of a bust. I'll tell you what's not a bust. Locked on MLB. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. As you can see from my lower third, you can call me Sully, but if you're watching this on the YouTube, you can tell it is not a normal show. It is a Monday show, and as we do every Monday, we do a crossover with the host of Locked On Diamondbacks. He's right over there. What's your name, buddy? Yes, sir. Miller Thomas over here, Sully. And he is the host of Locked on Diamondbacks. We're going to be talking a little bit about, well, let's just call it exactly the way it is. Kind of a nutso week. Mm-hmm. The Atlanta Braves and the Houston Astros. Uh, let me tell you something. If that would be a rematch of the World Series, if, that's, if those are the kind of games we're going to see, that might be kind of fun. But one team in New York is playing like a team that wants to win the World Series. Another team in New York is playing like a team that wants to watch the World Series at home. And it's not the teams that you thought they were going to be just a month and a half ago. Well, you can follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods. Same handle for Instagram. I'm your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter. Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Miller, where can people follow you? At Creator Thomas 24 for my personal account on Twitter. Or look up the show account, Lockdown Diamondbacks on Twitter, Instagram, and of course, Follow the show on YouTube, Locked on Diamondbacks there as well. All right, let me just say, I'm, gonna just, I'm not going to go dwell on the, the Little League game. I think it's fun. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the Little Leaguers there. It's in a different environment. More of the players are mic'd up. Uh, it's certainly a better matchup than we had in the Field of Dreams game, Baltimore and Boston. Um, it's it's interesting. Boston's had such a disappointing yeah. season, and yet they're – one good week of kind of climbing back into it. It's so, you know, because none of the teams want to put the aft thrusters on. But I I like having a weird game like that. Maybe they should think of doing one a month. Maybe have one a month in 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 an unusual place. I think the weekend where they induct the players in the Hall of Fame, they should play a game in Cooperstown. There's there's the Abner Doubleday Field there. Have two teams play in Cooperstown. You have the All-Star game. Which I think should be the beginning of the year. Uh, are they going to do Field of Dreams every year? I think it got a little stale this year. Maybe try something new. But I like it. It kind of breaks things, especially in the middle of the, you know, we're in the middle of August right now. It kind of breaks things up and has a, a fun, unusual game in the middle of it. I mean, they usually say these are the dog days of August because this is like the point of the season where it drags a little bit. So I think switching it up uh, does help the sport of baseball. And like the Red Sox, like you were just mentioning, like every time I look at those wild card standings and I see like the Red Sox like four games back of the wild card, I'm like, how are the Red Sox still within this wild card race? It felt like they conceded on the season months ago. And yet, like you said, one good week and involved yeah. maybe if he gets healthy. And it's like, all right, they could maybe be back in the wild card race and knocking off the Yankees in the wild card round once again. 
Well, I mean, you're, you jumped a little ahead there about uh, about the Yankees there. I, I even even I'm not going to uh, concede the the division away from the Yankees at this point. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, like we'll just go just sort of briefly looking around. I mean, you you see their teams that just are not putting their foot to the throats of the of the competition. I mean, right now the wild card is a in the American League a dead heat between um, uh, the uh, Mariners, the Rays, and the Toronto Blue Jays. But, like, you know, the Mariners lost 5-3 to three to Oakland today, you know? And, you know, the the Twins were pounded by Texas 7 nothing, And, you know, you, they can't – some of these – like, the Twins could be climbing into it or climbing back against, you know, idle uh, Cleveland, who got rained out today. Um, and, and none of these teams seem to be taking advantage. Even you could even say with the great collapse that the Orioles have had, the Blue Jays have only been playing mediocre ball. So while that lead has been trimmed from what was it? What was it? 15, 16 games down mm-hmm. to eight. It probably could have been down to four or five if Toronto had played a little better against some lousy teams. So, um, you know, it's so many of these teams are almost saying no 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 after you after you like they're not they're not putting the other teams away in some of these races yeah because toronto is like a hot pick in the preseason to make sure the world series and they've never really had a point this season where they've like taken off or had some hot stretch like you're saying like this month of august like if you look at their offensive numbers for toronto like they're not very good so far this month offensively so it's like those ones they're one of those teams that you feel like at any moment with the talent they have on paper should start to separate themselves from the rest of the pack and it just hasn't happened and a team like the baltimore orioles like with the 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 trade deadline moves that they made i'm not sure they want to be in the wild card race they might be trying to get a higher pick and they're like, listen, stop trying to win all these games in the middle of August and September because we actually want a top 10 pick. We don't like what we're doing right now. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting that um, the National League seems to be uh, – certainly the division leaders in the National League yeah. have it's more been – Yeah, I mean, the Mets, who had a wild series of games against Philadelphia, including today where they came from behind – with uh, the, with Canna hitting the big home run in the ninth, giving the lead, and then Diaz, who had not pitched for a few days, and he looked pretty rusty, and he let up two balls to the warning track that would have been walk off home runs for Philadelphia. Instead, the Mets win that game ten to nine in a great pitchers' duel when it goes ten to nine. Uh, the uh, Dodgers just are seem they're invincible. The, they're the Dodgers. I mean, they're they're already clinched a winning season. They're playing literally seven hundred ball. Um, I look at, I mean, was, just look at their run differential. They're like plus one hundred, the second best run differential team in baseball. Like they're plus, plus two hundred and something. Two hundred sixty-four, like, yeah, yeah. And the weather Mets, I think they're second in baseball. Or yeah, with one hundred twenty-six. Yeah, uh, and and also the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, I was actually going to talk about this a little later, but why not? We'll talk about it right now. Uh, St. Louis Cardinals have won the last week of games. They're on a seven-game winning streak. Yeah. And are just putting the space between themselves and Milwaukee. Milwaukee is out of the wild card right now, and they're now mm-hmm. five games behind St. Louis. And lo and behold, it's turned back the clock here in St. Louis as you know Adam Wainwright's having a terrific season. They're getting production out of uh, Molina, but guess what? Mm-hmm. Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols is on a tear right now. 
He has 13 home runs, which gives him 692 for his career. 692. And he says he's going to retire after this year. And he needs to hit eight more home runs to join a grand total of, what was it, two other players? Have seven, seven home runs? Babe Ruth and, no, oh, three. Babe Ruth, Barry Bonds, Henry Aaron. Only three with 700 home runs. Albert Pujols is eight away. And man, oh man, you keep thinking about some of those years where he was injured or not as productive in the Angels. He had 10 seasons with the Angels. Just hit one more home run each of those years. One more home run in eight of those 10 years. And he would be at 700 right now. Do you think he's going to make it? It's interesting. I don't know. Eight more home runs in this kind of season for Albert Pools. I mean, he's been on fire recently. I think he has like five home runs in, in his last five games. So he's been yeah. on there playing in St. Louis. He does seem like a different animal. Even when he played with the Dodgers, he seemed better. I think just being outside that Angels organization, like they just have some kind of aura and that black cloud hanging over it that just infects all their players. Because I think we're just going to totally forget that Albert Pujols spent a decade in L.A. Like I think we're oh, yeah. just going to remember him as a St. Louis Cardinal and just forget those 10 years he spent in Los Angeles because it was just an unmemorable time in their just nothing good going on um even though he was playing with another great player mike trout just like you're not gonna remember anything from a sign with the angels well you know it's kind of like who remembers ken griffey's year ken griffey jr's year with the reds don't you only think about him with the mariners yeah I but mean, it was like it's a decade for pools which is insane versus like yeah. the, the short sample size um that ken griffey jr spent with the cincinnati reds but for pool i mean I, I just don't feel like he's going to get there this season i think it'd be a great thing have you ever seen that movie uh mr 3000 with uh, yeah. I think it'll be kind of like yeah. that. I think Pools will have to come back and say he's not going to retire and just come back and be a pinch hitter for next season and try to get like those last three or four home runs he's probably going to need to make the 700 club. Do you know who also is just shy of the 700 club? Is Alex Rodriguez? Yeah. He's- How many? Do you, he finished with 796. Now keep in mind he was suspended for a season and a half and retired in the middle of the 2016 season. Uh, but man, you know. Just four more home runs, and A-Rod would be in that conversation. Maybe, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's uh, having just three in the 700 club. It just shows you how hard it is to hit 700 home runs. I mean, think of how long Albert Pujols has been a legitimate major league slugger. Even some of those years, which were down years in uh, when he was playing in Anaheim, yeah, they were disappointing for him, but he would still, he still hit, um, you know, 40 home runs in 2015. 31 home runs in 2016, 23 home runs in 2019. You know, all those years where he would hit these homers and he's, you know, and he's been playing for 22 seasons. Henry Aaron played for 23 seasons and finished with 755 home runs. And keep in mind, he never hit 50. Mm. Henry Aaron never hit 50. He never had that one season that kind of, uh, you know, blew the roof off of the his average. But to be fair, neither has Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols has never had a 50 home run season either. So, you know, this shows, you know, great player. Yeah. Hall and of if, Famer. And if the Cardinals, you know, if they continue to separate themselves from the Brewers, the Brewers continue to slide in that division. As we get to that last month of the season, maybe the final couple weeks, you just start playing Albert Pujols a little bit more, knowing he's getting close to that 700 record. If there's nothing to play for for the Cardinals, you already got your postseason, you know, division locked up. Just give Pujols as many as bats as possible and let him crack that 700 home run total. 
And let me also say this, that this is a, you know, Pujols already has a pair of World Series rings. He's had a tremendous postseason glory, was a MVP of the Go NLCS in 2004, hit the huge home run against Lidge, hit three home runs. One of the few players hit three home runs in one game in a World Series game. So he's uh, yeah, obviously an all-time great. Goated. But it's nice, barring injury and barring a collapse, which the Cardinals don't look like they're on the verge of a collapse, that our last image of Albert Pujols will be in the postseason. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, I think that's kind of, I think that's neat. I like it when you say when a star, a legit star like him uh, has a grand finale, you know, has something that, you know, you can, you know, that they're, they're playing for something at the end. And that's great. Yeah. And they're good. They have a legit shot at the title. They're just not a team that's going to sneak into the postseason and be a wild card and one and done. They actually have a chance at winning the World Series this year. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, look at they. They're certain. I think they're certainly a surefire bet to win the division. Mm-hmm. Now, I think they're a little bit of a long shot to get to the World Series because they're in mm-hmm. a league with the Mets and with the LA Dodgers. Mm-hmm. But you know, maybe they're a long shot bet. They're they're both. They're a surefire bet, and they're a long shot bet. And if you any kind of bets, the best place to go is to betonline.net. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs and find your favorite sports and events, the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, write this down, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, Esports, and you know what? I just found this out. Even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your wagering information from live in game betting, scores, and podcasts they have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. Hey, um, continuing our Monday crossover, I did a little bit of homework. Mm. Um, I was thinking about the Yankees. And the Yankees today won on a dramatic home run by Andrew Benintendi. And it was his first home run since coming over from the Royals. I had asked if Andrew Benintendi and Joey Gallo did a freaky Friday and swapped bodies because Benintendi was having a fine all-star season for Kansas City this year has been nothing but garbage <laughs> since arriving in New York. And yeah. Joey Gallo has been hitting the snot out of the ball in Los Angeles with the pressure of LA, remo- uh, pressure of New York removed from his shoulders. Uh, but give Ben Benintendi credit today in a game where the Blue Jays came back and another former Red Sox was involved in that rally, Jackie Bradley Jr., who came That's back right. to haunt the Yankees all weekend. Uh, ben Benintendi hit a home run, gave the Yankees the lead, and give Aaron Boone credit that he – handled his bullpen by instinct and not by sabermetrics. And he let Trevenio just finish the last two and a third innings and Hey, you're pitching. Well, why am I going to take you out? And he wound up closing out the game. Um, it was a dramatic win as was the Josh Donaldson grand slam earlier this week. But guess what? There were dramatic wins to avoid sweeps at home against division rivals. Mm-hmm. They lost three out of four to Toronto. They lost two out of three to um, Tampa after losing a series to the Red Sox. And the there was you know, when Donaldson hit that home run, the grand slam, with the ultimate grand slam, down by three, bottom of the 10th of the 11th. He hits the walk-off grand slam. They win by one. 
and they oh they're going to get some momentum behind this. They lost their next three games, and so now they're going to go face the Mets. Now, right now, the Yankees' record in 2022 is 74 and 48. That's still a terrific record. Any Yankee fan would have signed off on that at the beginning of the year. Now, last year they went 92 and 70. And if you talk to Yankee fans, you would have assumed they lost 120 games last year, the way they had talked about last year's team. But I want to bring this up. There, if there's a if there's a 162 game stretch, um, taking the final 78 games of 2021 and the first 84 games of this year, which is roughly, you know, approximately Fourth of July to Fourth of July. Um, I may be off a day or two, but it's the first, final 78 games of 2021. The Yankees were 20 games over 500. The first 84 games of this year, they were 61 and 23. It, you take that 162 game stretch, that's a 110 and 52 would have been their record. That's a 679 winning percentage. That would be the second best Yankee team playing 162-game schedule in their history. Only the 1998 Yankees would have had a better record, and only the 27, 32, 38, 98 Yankees had a better winning percentage than that. And those are teams with Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, and Joe DiMaggio, and the 98 team. That's the level of Yankee team that was sandwiched in between their mediocre start and their you know, being bad in the second half. Because the first 84 games of 2021, there were two games over 500, and the last 37 games, they're 13 and 25. So, what I'm saying is, there's a 121 game stretch where they're 10 games under 500. Um, they've had a great team sandwiched between two a, a bad team. They just didn't have that 162 game stretch starting on opening day. Um, this Yankee team's not good. And it's amazing to watch them. It's amazing to see that in the middle of it, they were great. I guess is my weird point. Yeah, no, I loved your point, Sully. I got a little lost there for a second. It was like a maze, but you summed it up perfectly at the end. I totally agree. Not good. That's how I feel about the Yankees as well, because right now it's weird vibes around that Yankees team. Like we've discussed, I don't even think they've won a series in the month of August. And they haven't yeah, and we did pods a couple months ago where we were like, can the Yankees win 120 games? And now you look back at those pods and you're like, those are not age well because this is why teams don't usually win 120 games because you go through lulls of the season like this. But usually don't see World Series, you know, championship level teams go through a month of a season where you just don't win any series in that given month as well. So it's a very weird time for the Yankees right now. It looks like they're trying to motivate themselves. You can see the frustrations boiling over a little bit in today's game with Garrett Cole going out there and doing his fake, his fake tough guy routine, trying to fight Alec Manoa because uh, Aaron Judge got plopped in the shoulder. Like, Garrett Cole, sit down. You're making a lot of money. You know you're not going to go out there and get in a fight. Like, that's just not who you are, Garrett Cole. It's okay. We like the fake tough guy persona you try to hype up your teammates and do a little bit of that show a little fake bravado that's okay Gurkle. you don't have to be that guy right now for the yankees fans uh, i don't know what to tell you i wouldn't feel good right now if i'm a yankees fan because you look at the houston astros a team like that is just ascending as the season goes on while the yankees are just 
going in the opposite direction right now. So if you're the Yankees fans, like, I don't know how to feel. I don't know if you, you know, if this season does not end in a World Series or, if, you know, if this ends in like the divisional round or the wild card round, like, do you fire Brian Cashman? Are you doing fire Aaron Boone again? Like, I don't know how this ends for the Yankees. I just know we're at the point of the roller coaster right now where you're like, uh, this is not a very fun ride and I want to get off right now. I will say this because I've been very much anti Brian Cashman for a long time, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 I also think sometimes you have to shake the proverb the proverbial etch a sketch because sometimes a change is good. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been I there agree. for so long, um, and you're really hard pressed to see. You know, yeah, you you know, Judge has been developed by the farm system. He's a superstar. I mean. What else has their farm system yielded that has been, you know, that has been outstanding? And also, you know, this is the second decade where we're now a couple of years into the second decade without a Yankee pennant. And at some point, you know, you've got to say, okay, there's they're building teams that this team is not going to go far in October. You put this team up against Toronto in a best of five series against Seattle in a best of five series against Tampa in best of five series, even Cleveland's pitching, you know, and I, I mean, I, there isn't, there isn't a team that's a playoff team right now that, that playing right now that I would pick the, that I would pick the Yankees over at this point. Yeah, and the thing with Brian, Brian Cashman is, like, he knows how to build a 90-win team. Like, we've seen that year after year. He could build a team that could get pretty deep in the postseason. And just – he always builds these flaw rosters. Like, when you compare his team to, like, the Astros of the past or the New York Mets this year, it just never feels deep from top to bottom, from that lineup to rotation. There always feels like there's a, a missing piece when it comes to one of the teams that Brian Cashman built. So, like you're saying, like, he's been there for a long time, and sometimes you just need a new voice, a new direction. I just feel like maybe the direction uh, – maybe the Yankees, need a new philosophy in their front office right now well i will say i gave cash a lot of grief in this offseason for not acquiring one of the star shortstops that were out there mm-hmm. and settling for isaiah connor falefa uh and he now i will say that the, the shortstop that i felt that they should be going after was Corey seager i thought Corey seager's you know world series mvp has the the Oh, what happened to my light? Uh, yeah, what's his MV, every, that was uh, Brian Cashman's ghost was taking over. Uh, I'm a little sensitive to that right now because we did have a blackout in my house earlier today. So I just want to make sure everything's okay. Um, okay, there's my ring light. Um, you know, Corey Seager I thought was a great fit. And mm-hmm. he has been playing pretty well for Texas this year. I think he would he would have hit 40 home runs in Yankee Stadium. But the other shortstops that were out there, Correa and Baez and Story, I think there was another one that I'm not thinking of right now. Um, they've all kind of busted this year. Or at mm-hmm. least Correa has been a bust, but he's been a disappointment. Yeah, he's been all and, right. Uh, and, and guess what, folks? Unless the Twins make the postseason and Correa has a great postseason, you're going to see Correa in Minnesota <laughs> next year. He's going to take that option and say, I'm going to stick around and make superstar money for one more year. You think? Yeah, I think so. Because who's going to offer him an eight or nine year deal based on this year? 
I thought I saw a report. Let me see real quick. I thought I saw something saying he was planning to maybe opt out or he was like leaning that way. If I were him, I would take that big buddy and try to play for another big contract next year. Yeah, CBS uh, Sports said a week ago that he's likely to opt out and become a free agent. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But either way, um, you know, if he had made the move for Story, if he had made the move for Baez, uh, you know, they'd be be considered a bust. So maybe – they're better off having Isaiah Kiner Falefa, which is a weird sentence to say, mm-hmm. um, because he's not exactly become a world beater there, but at least he plays def- decent um, defense. But they called up a kid. They called up a uh, a young player. Um, what the heck was the kid's name? Um, uh, who's a uh, uh, who's a young shortstop? Uh, uh, Oswaldo Cabrera. Ah, Oswaldo Cabrera came up. Um, you know, he's kind of a, a, he plays a little bit all around the infield. He's played four games in the big leagues, made some nice plays at shortstop. Um, uh, so he may wind up getting the job. Well, so, you know, Hey, we'll, we'll, well, September's about to roll around. Why don't we just, you know, do the, pull the bandage off and, you know, hit the, the red button for the, the big trigger and call up Anthony Volpe, the, the real shortstop of the future for the Yankees. Why what, not? At this point, where's he? I mean, like you've seen this. Sometimes you've had situations where a player has been called up late in the year and they become a big, you know, I mean, it happened with the Yankees in 1998 when they brought up Shane Spencer very late in the year and Ricky Lede really late in the year. And Spencer started hitting home runs left and right. And Lede became a huge factor in the World Series. They were barely there that season. And the Red Sox in 2007 brought up Jacoby Ellsbury pretty late. And by the end, he was starting in place of Coco Crisp. And Jacoby Ellsbury had a fantastic World Series uh, against Colorado in 2007. There are instances where that happens. So what's the worst that can happen? Maybe that would be the sort of thing that will ignite and give the Yankees a spark. Yeah, and looking at Volpe, he's still in double-A right now, so he probably won't get called up this year. But really what they need, because there are reports they should be coming back soon doing some rehab stuff, is Giancarlo Stan, because we can't forget, Stan is still a legit all-star and oh, yeah. you know, potential MVP guy, and he's a big piece to be missing from that lineup. Like, we know we we're giving the Yankees a lot of crap. Their offense has not been good this past month. It's really just been Trevino, Judge, and Donaldson that's carried that offense the last three weeks, and getting someone like Stan back, who's just such a big threat in that lineup. Like, when you see him come up to the plate, it's a different level of player than when other guys stroll up to the plate, because they're just a level of fear as Stan strikes into the opposing pitcher. So, I think that would be a huge boost for this. Like, that's not a hot take saying Stan's going to be a huge boost to the Yankees lineup or anything like that, but I think they desperately need him right now because they, you just need someone other than judge to, to to be a threat to the opposing pitchers and keep in mind the yankees have had a garbage month and a half mm-hmm. they're very capable of having two good weeks they're very capable of having two good weeks in october and all of a sudden they win the pennant and all of this is forgotten you know i mean they it is not outside the realm of possibility that Garrett Cole wins his two games in the division series and they sneak one more game. And next thing you know, they're in the ALCS facing off against Houston. And, you know, then they're rejuvenated. I mean, it's we we all know that could happen. I just don't see this particular team doing that. No. I By the way, to- I, I want to just bring up uh, another team. We're going to try to try not to go super long on today's episode here. Another uh, team that had a wild 
uh, a trade deadline and was the universal pick of the team to have won the trade deadline was the San Diego Padres. And the Padres, of course, acquired, obviously they acquired um, Juan Soto, but they also acquired Josh Hader from the um, – <clears throat> from the Milwaukee Brewers. And remember they had a doubleheader sweep of Colorado, including a walk-off game. And then they got news of Juan Soto and everyone was saying, Oh my God, let the feast begin in San Diego. And they're eight and 10 since then, you know, they're they're They've been the Man. definition of mediocre. And instead of solidifying their spot, in the uh, wild card with with an eye at the division, sort of drooling at that. As of this recording, they are in the second wild card spot, a half a game ahead of Philadelphia, but they're tied in the loss column with Milwaukee, who is on the outside looking in. You know, they're they're not running away with anything. No. It's actually so funny that both the teams from the Josh Hader trade are not doing good because the Padres, they acquired Josh Hader, and he's just absolutely wet the bed. Terrible. Acquired. He's got, yeah. uh, if you look at just his Padres ERA, it's a 16.2 right now, six earned yeah. runs and just 3.1 innings pitch. They're going with the freaking closer committee right now. Like, you don't give up five players for Josh Hader to go with the committee once you acquire him. Like, he's supposed to be a superstar level closer, and right now it's not working out for you with the San Diego Padres. And if you look at the Brewers, like, They've lost a whole bunch of games late through their bullpen. They have had trouble closing games since trading Josh Hader. So it's like one team traded away an all-star closer, and now they can't close games. One team traded for an all-star closer, and they still can't close games. So it's just funny from both those perspectives. And if you're a Friars fan, like you just got to feel terrible. Like the Yankees fans and the Padres fans, like I don't know who should feel worse. I think probably Padres fans might actually just feel yeah. worse just because you don't like have anything to build off of, basically, in recent memory. At least the Yankees have been in the race, and you know they're the Yankees, the historical franchise but if you're the Padres like what are you holding on to oh but it's much worse for the Padres for this reason think, think of the reasons why here first of all as bad as the Yankees have been they are still in the lead of the division and not just the lead of the division that they would get a buy during the wild card round okay that's so true, and again true. if you if you asked any Yankee fan at the beginning of the year would you be happy with the second best record in the American League and skip the wild card round? You ask 100 Yankee fans that, that you get 100 yeses. The Padres are hanging on by their fingernails to a spot in the extended playoffs. This coming after a year where they were supposed to be a World Series contender and they not only fell out of the playoffs, they, they ended with a losing record. And so this could be the second straight year where something like that happened. But not only that, when they spent all the money to bring in Machado, they spent in all the money to bring in the Darvishes and all these other people. And this year they mm -hmm. traded away. All, everything wasn't nailed down to get Hader and to get Juan Soto. And to look at that, that that wouldn't even be enough mm -hmm. to clinch. Like if Milwaukee, Milwaukee with their pitching staff needs – realistically one good week and one bad San Diego week to push the Padres out of the playoffs. It's now late August. There's only about 40 games left. We're nearing the point where it's no longer even looking at the talent or the roster. It's like, well, that's in 30 days. Anything can happen. Anyone can have a bad month. And so, you know, we're getting to that point where San Diego fans, and I've called San Diego Buffalo by the sea, 
because Ooh. they are a cursed fan base who can't even get the respect of a cursed fan base because they're living in one of the most beautiful, warm cities in all the co- in the entire country. It's pretty nice. Yeah, it's pretty nice living in San Diego. It's not like you're shoveling a driveway in Buffalo thinking about your team losing. You're on the you're on the beach with a corona watching your friends surf, thinking about how the Padres lost that game. It's not quite the same sense of of, of pathos. Mm-hmm. But still, I think that actually gives me more sympathy for them because they don't even get the sympathy. But, you know, the Padre fans are supposed to be looking around going like, I can't believe it. We we still may not make the postseason. And, and the, it's you know, like, a, yeah, it's unbelievable. And it's like you... Uh, on paper, you make all the right moves. It's like you try to upgrade the Eric Hosmer position. Like Javier Reyes of Lockdown Padres had a great tweet about pulling off the Josh Bell mask and underneath there's Eric Hosmer because the ground ball rate for Josh Bell has been incredibly high. The WRC plus has been incredibly low for Josh Bell. It's basically been Eric Hosmer 2.0 for the Padres. So I know Javier Reyes has been super upset about that. Right now, their best starting pitcher in the month of August has been Blake Snell, which has been like the, the you know, he's been the dark horse of that. Uh, no, not in a good way, the dark course you know he's been like the black sheep i should say of that rotation since being acquired and right now in the month of august he's the best one because sean Manaya has not been great musgrove and darvish both have a four year rate in the month of august like if you're like the padres you're like everything has flipped since the trade deadline everyone that struggled in the first half is now on fire in the second half and then everyone who was maybe um you know struggling in the first half is now the ones carrying your team in the second half so it's like you just never feel like all the pieces are on the same um or are playing in unison if you're the padres like it just like why are all these pieces never feeling connected we're never a team or never in unison it's a lot of individual talents that play well at certain moments but it's never like a collective team that's got to hurt if you're the friars again all is forgiven if they make the postseason yeah. but here we go but hey look at we're getting yeah. to that point it's it's officially late august it's Getting officially late. late August, and you know we're we're pretty soon we'll be in the final month. And I have a I have a thing I have a mentality, which is if your team is in a spot, if you wake up the day after Labor Day, the Tuesday after Labor Day, if you wake up and you check MLB.com or the newspaper, however you get your your, your news, and you see that your team is a playoff team. At that moment, the general manager can tip their caps and say, you're welcome, because they've given you a summer. You've had a summer where your team, the Padres have not had one day since Memorial Day that they've not been one of the playoff teams. So if you're a Padre fan, you've woken up every day this summer. How's their team? Well, they're, they're, they'd be a wildcard team. So in some sense, they've given you what you wanted, which is a fun summer. That being said, at some point, you would love to cash that in for a fun fall, too. With the leaves turn brown, they want to see the hats that are brown somewhere playing in October. But, hey, this uh, fall, we're going to be continuing going through all the pennant races, along with Miller Thomas and myself. And we have a bunch of the lockdown hosts popping on here, popping their mouths. And seeing what's going on here. So, Miller, any final thoughts before we wrap up today? Final thoughts. I mean, D-backs got swept by the St. Louis Cardinals. Goldschmidt came in and just dominated the series, so you don't like to see that. But D-backs, they got some great call-ups. Stone Garrett, he looked great this past week. He looks legit. Corbin Carroll should be on their way. Jake McCarthy's a dude. They're outfield. They got like five or six outfielders for only three spots. The future of the outfield for the D-backs is looking bright, and that's what I want to say to end the podcast. Man, how could – you know – 
how can the Diamondbacks get a player like Goldschmidt? I mean, that would, he would fit right in perfectly with that team, don't you think? Oh, man, if we had all those outfield pieces I just mentioned and a Rojas and a Christian oh. Walker and Ketel Marte, and then you throw Goldschmidt in there, that's like an all-star lineup right there or something. Yeah, then, we're, then we're living in Arizona summer. That's wow. what we're doing. No, that's hot. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, no, nah, probably not. Miller Thomas, where can people find you? Hey, follow me on Twitter, my personal account, at CreatorThomas24. Follow the show account, Locked on Dimebacks. Just type it in the search bar on Twitter and Instagram. And, of course, follow us on YouTube, Locked on Dimebacks there. And we're on all your podcasting platforms. And we're at Locked on MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. Check us out on all your podcasting platforms. Make sure to tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on MLB. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter. Solid Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Seeing the season and the everything getting interesting. This has been the Lockdown MLB, Lockdown Diamondbacks crossover. And there's Paul Francis Sullivan. That's Miller. They both of you, both of you, including myself. They could call everyone calls me Sully. Let's fist bump. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs>